Today on the Diz List, we count down our top five Disney bucket list items with a very special guest. Welcome to the Diz List, the podcast that ranks everything in Walt Disney World. I am Rob. And I am Nick. Today we count down our top five bucket list items in Disney World with a very special guest. We came across today's guest on YouTube in the late fall of 2021. His channel is easily number one on our list for teaching the ins and outs of Genie Plus. In a short while, Ear Scouts has grown to have over 7,000 subscribers, which is amazing and very well deserved. We are proud to invite another Rob to the show. Ear Scouts, Rob. Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So, um, honestly, we are we are extremely big fans, so we're pretty excited, too. Our families are, too. Oh, my gosh. The kids were freaking out when I told them what we were doing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a big fan of you guys' podcast, too. I think it's a really, it's a really cool concept. I haven't heard anybody else do anything like this, and... I found them to be really interesting. I just listened today to the most recent one about um, uh, animatronics, top five animatronics. So looking forward to hearing what your bottom five are. So I feel like that's, <laughs> that's the trickier that's one. Yeah. But yeah. I think when we first started it, I, I was sort of thinking about when I watch different YouTube videos and it's the top 10 this or the top five this, and I always want to know what their number one is. So the nice thing about this format is it, it keeps people engaged. Um, people can go online and interact and say, well, my top five are this, and they can post it too. It's just, it's a, a fun way to look at Disney World and um, it's interactive too. So uh, we're, we well, wanted to start, start off with some questions for you. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say thanks for, th thanks again for having me, I appreciate it. Absolutely. So um, we're, <laughs> we're, we're both originally from New York State. Uh, where did you grow up, Rob, and are you originally from the Orlando area? No, I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, and I actually, during the pandemic, like a lot of people, my job went remote. And then as soon as they said that we were going fully remote, I was like, I'm going to Disney World. So... <laughs> I started immediately making plans to to move down here to Orlando, and it has been, you know, before I moved here, like, you hear people say, oh, you know, living their best life, are you living your best life, and I don't know, I just always thought that was kind of, like, cheesy, and, like, that's just, and now I I feel it, man, I, this is, I, I love every single day living here in Orlando and living at Disney World, and the channel has just been, I think when you do things like what we're doing, you know, when you do a podcast or you do videos, it keeps the parks fresh and exciting and interesting. Whereas I talk to other people who've lived in Orlando for a while and they're like, oh, you're going to get over that. You're going you're gonna to be tired of Disney before long. And I honestly don't think I am because I just, you know, it's a different thing when you're, when you're in the park, you know, actively kind of explaining things or doing content or, you know, uh, engaging with the park on a different level. And 
I'm I'm having the time of my life. So well, for example, in in the newest video that you you uploaded, I watched the first half of it today, the one with your your guest, and you're going around at food and wine and trying all the different things to eat. You mentioned how you are not a fan of eating anything that is from the ocean, which yeah. I found I found funny. Which you solved that problem. You brought someone along who could mm -hmm. do that. But would you normally go through and try most of the things at food and wine? Maybe, maybe not. I think really what this does is it gives you an opportunity to really look at and experience the parks in a different way. Do you agree? Yeah, it also gave me an opportunity to gain six pounds. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's, an exact, that's exactly how much I gained from food and wine. So, uh, even with all the walking we do in the parks. But yes, and, and I, I think I definitely, there's no way I would have, I've eaten at every single food booth now, you know, I've tried most of the food at the festival. No way I'd be doing that if I weren't, you know, making content, so. So, so one of the things that's really unique about your channel, in my opinion, is your signature calling card, your mouse ears. Uh, how many pairs of ears do you own and which one is your favorite? So I just bought my 20th pair of uh, mouse ears um, so I, I I would say my my favorite right now is my Chip and Dale mouse ears just because I I discovered them when I was at Fort Wilderness I was going to see Hoopty Doo and I kind of I don't want to like sound I feel like I know everything about the parks now because I'm in the parks all the time. I'm like, oh, I know about all the ears. I know all the ears that are out there. And then I ha happened upon the gift shop at Fort Wilderness and there were these ears I'd never seen before. And like, oh yeah, you can only buy those here. And I hadn't, you know, so I loved discovering that there's now, now I have to go to every single resort, right? Because <laughs> there's gonna be potentially new ears to discover. So that one was a fun one. And then I also, I guess, I have to throw in just because, yeah, no, that's it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with Chip and Dale ears are my favorite right now. I think that's a fun thing about the way Disney do it. It's, it, it's, it's fun and it's also extremely annoying. Where <laughs> yeah. you, if there's something new, like for example, I'm, I'm a big Haunted Mansion guy, and Nick sent me a, a photo the other day of the Haunted Mansion Crocs. Oh yeah. And I thought, oh, I gotta have those, and they were sold out on shop disney sometimes they don't even have them online at all and the beauty of it is you would only find those chippendale ears specifically at that resort and i know there's a lot of things that i found when we were at hollywood studios that i hadn't seen anywhere else at all and it's really fun and really annoying and that's why i love disney <laughs> absolutely yeah it's, it's a scavenger hunt element you know and it's yeah. I feel like that is something that, and I think it's because of the supply chain craziness that we're all going through. There's less and less of that because I just think they don't, whatever they have in stock, they're trying to push out everywhere just to make sure everyone's stocked with stuff. But I really hope, because it used to be, I don't know if you guys remember, when you went to, um, uh, when you went to like the gift shop in Dinoland, USA, in Animal Kingdom, to Chester and Hester's. Uh, you would find completely unique stuff that, that was only in that one gift shop. And I feel like right now there's a less of that, and I think it's it's just supply chain stuff. So I'm really hoping yeah, that we get even more of that coming back. Yeah, we noticed that in our last trip. Like, Memento Mori wasn't, like, just Memento Mori stuff. It was There was definitely some stuff that you would get in the Emporium, and it's like, that's, that's not what it usually is. So we noticed that as well right. in our last trip. I have another question for you here uh, before we get 
get to our list when we're not doing this, when we're not creating Disney content. Uh, we like to spend time with our families. Uh, we're both teachers. Uh, Nick is a coach. I play in a band. Um, when you're not creating Disney content, um, what do you like to do? Um, you know, what do you do for a living? Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually a full-time... Most of my life I've been a designer. I started as kind of a web and graphic designer, and then I kind of morphed into just being a graphic designer. But then when I wanted to go remote, um, I switched back into web. So that's all I do now full-time is I'm, I'm a web designer. Um, and then I would say my favorite thing to do for fun is just to go and explore, you know, walking around new areas, because I'm still relatively new to Orlando. Uh, we just went and, and walked around Celebration for the first time the other day. I don't know if you guys have been to Celebration yet. I have this weird love-hate with Celebration right now because it is, it's like this perfect community, but it's also, uh, it's kind of like the Truman Show, you know? <laughs> it's oh, yeah. very, it all feels kind of a little too perfect. But uh, yeah, just so just exploring new new areas. Like I love to just go on long walks and, and kind of check out, discover new places around town. So we're going to take a short break and we'll be back with our top five Disney bucket list items. Welcome back. We're joined by our friend Rob from Ear Scouts, and today we're going to count down our top five bucket list items. Today we're going to refer to our Rob as Dizless Rob and our guest as Ear Scouts Rob. Uh, we're probably still going to get confused. Yeah. You'll okay. probably call me Ear Scouts Rob, and I'll call him Bucket List <laughs> Rob, or yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, anyway, okay, let's get to this week's list. Uh, this week we are going big. We're going really big. We're doing our top five bucket list experiences. Nick and I each made our own top 10 lists and compared the results and narrowed it down to a collective top five. So I think I'll begin this week only because we can end the episode with Ear Scouts Rob number one. I think it's good to have our, our guest end out the episode. Only fair. Yep. So you know the format. We start with five, and then we alternate back and forth, ending with our number ones. So, Nick, I'd, I'll, I'd like you to take this one just because number five was your initial idea, and I loved it. So so, so our number five <laughs> is the Disney Cruise Line, but not Disney Cruise Line in the typical sense. We want to do one of the Northern Europe, the Mediterranean, or the Alaska cruises. Um, so, you know... For me, I grew up in the Northeast, um, further north than what I'm in right now. You know, we're, we're obviously in New York right now. I grew up in the Adirondacks, and so cold weather is not an issue for me. I would love to do an Alaska tour. It's been a dream of mine for quite some time to do an Alaskan cruise or uh, visit Europe, specifically Northern Europe. Um, the Mediterranean would also be a lot of fun just because of, the you know, obviously the architecture and the history in the Mediterranean. But that's, that's something that we both kind of i think identify with so ear scouts rob have you done a disney cruise before i have not it is definitely i wouldn't say it's on my bucket list but it's on my list of things i want to do um i it's funny my first i've only been on one cruise in my life it was like with my family and we were not on the best cruise it was kind of like one of those smaller ships 
my my stepdad said it was like being in a minimum security prison like you couldn't leave <laughs> but there are these little activities that they'd set up for everybody to do at specified times and so i don't know i guess i always had this kind of like oh yeah cruise ship it's like it's like minimum security prison i don't <laughs> think that's what disney is going to be so i'm very excited to take a proper like like really big deal disney cruise it's definitely yeah. it's definitely on my list to do but i haven't done it yet yeah i was watching a video uh yesterday last night um and it was showing the rooms the state rooms for the disney wish and they went into a couple of the suites and if you haven't watched these videos i'm telling you you will be blown away they are they're certainly bigger than my house and i my house isn't small but they're they're massive and they're gorgeous now of course those are the ones that are you know twenty five thousand dollars for a four-night caribbean uh getaway but but it's amazing the details they got into these rooms. And even this, even the smaller rooms are beautiful. So I really want to do a cruise with Disney because I've heard that Disney does cruising best. And, you know, I haven't been on a cruise before, but it's something I've wanted to do uh, for some time. Uh, I, have, I haven't been on a Disney cruise either. One of the things that's kind of interesting, too, that we haven't really mentioned is booking a cruise sometimes is very difficult, too. I've looked into it. Uh, like we've mentioned before, the both of us are teachers, and a lot of times those cruises are not, they don't really match up with the different breaks that we get from school. You know, if you take a week off in the middle of the school year, you end up having to pay for your health, health insurance and your substitute, and uh, you're not exactly in the good graces of your uh, your bosses at school, no. but it's something that I, I, maybe that's why I want to do it so much is because it's, it's so difficult to do. We can go to Walt Disney World whenever we want, sort of um we can say meaning we can go with yeah. whichever break right. from school we're not at the, the mercy of the sailings right so which seems a just a little bit more difficult so mm-hmm. all right at, at this point ear scouts rob we're going to hand it to you for your number five what is your number five disney bucket list well mine's kind of similar it's not a cruise but it's like a cruise i really want to do the galactic star cruiser uh the new mm-hmm. hotel at disney world that I mean, it's it's a bucket list item because it is so crazy expensive, and that's I mean that's the real reason we haven't done it yet because it's just I feel like you need a mortgage to go stay at that hotel. <laughs> but yeah. for me, ever since I was a little kid, I think what I wanted to do more than anything when I grew up was to make movies, and I wanted specifically to make Star Wars kind of movies. Like that was just my end all be all dream job. And so now, in a weird kind of way, I, you know, I make these very small-scale movies, and I feel like the idea of doing a, a YouTube video of you know, the experience of Galactic Star Cruiser is kind of, kind of like fulfilling that childhood dream of making, on some level, uh, a Star Wars movie. So that's, that's my number five. I'm honestly really upset that Rob and I didn't think about this. Yeah. Because that is... <laughs> Like you said, I was like, shoot, that should have been ours. Um, this is why we love this format so much is because when, when, uh, you know, when Rob says something that I didn't think of and I'm like, oh man, but that is such a great, um, thing. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm hoping that it has legs, meaning that I hope that they don't totally revamp the experience. I'm just hoping that they notice that this price tag they've associated with it might be a bit much. Um, Because I don't think they're selling out like they were at the beginning. So maybe there's going to be some more approachable um, experiences. Because 
it looks so phenomenal and and even the people who have who have reviewed it who have paid for it have said you know it actually kind of was worth the money uh, i just don't have that extra money floating around so i'm not going to be able to do it well i'll be honest at the very beginning uh, nick and i've talked about this quite extensively before we even started the podcast this is our daily conversation i wasn't into it I didn't want anything to do with it. I was like, this sounds terrible. Then, to be fair, once I started watching some of the videos, Nick convinced me. He's like, all right, Rob, you got to go on. You got to watch. You got to see what this thing's really like. I'm like, all right, it's, it's going to be stupid. I know it's going to be dumb. And I'm a big Star Wars fan, too. So I watched, and I was I was wrong. I was wrong. It looks so much fun. Uh, the lightsaber training and the food oh and the singing and the, all the, the role play, it, it looks fantastic. I was I was dead wrong. Yeah. So so you said you're I a kinda, Star Wars fan. I kind of went through like a – sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say you said you're a Star Wars fan. Um, do, you, do you like what Disney has done with it or not? Whew. Um, <laughs> I like – Loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I like that there's still content coming. Like I, I feel like for most of my life it just felt like Star Wars was just over. We were never gonna get anything. And then Lucas came back with, you know, the, the prequels and I, I I think Disney personally, I think Disney has raised the bar from where they were at the prequels. Uh that I that was I was not a prequel fan. But uh, I think it's been very hit or miss. I feel like when Disney has done the best has been when they did like Rogue Rogue One. I felt like kind of going off the 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 others felt like they're kind of just trying to they're just trying to retell the same story in a lot of ways. And Rogue One, yes, it is technically part of the same story, but I thought it was very clever. I thought it was very when the I didn't I actually didn't see the end coming. I didn't see that we were gonna end at, at that shot, you know, where, and it just, I got chills, and that, I just think was, it, it felt new and fresh and interesting. Another one that I kinda liked that I know no one else apparently did, I really enjoyed the Han Solo movie. I really enjoyed I, Solo. I did too. I did too. I did too. Yeah. Yeah. So you know that scene um, and, in Step Brothers yeah. where he goes, did we just become best friends? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like that's what we just had that moment. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I think, are you switching Rob's for the next episode? Is this what you're trying to tell me, Nick? Yeah, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> you're fired, Rob. Dizzless Rob, you're fired. Oh, well. Oh, that's funny. Well, I had a good run. <laughs> a couple episodes under my belt, I guess. Yeah. Wouldn't be the same without you. Wouldn't be the same without you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're on to number four. <laughs> number four is um, one that I, another one that was not initially on my list. And Nick ranked this one very high. And I saw it on his list and we sort of compared and I put it up a little higher on my list too because I didn't even think of this one. And this one is obtainable for sure. And this one is going to be the key, the keys to the kingdom tour. So is ah, that yeah. something you've ever experienced before? No, it, it, I, I think it's something that I would definitely like to do, but no, I, I haven't experienced it. And it is, it is kind of a little bit more attainable, right? Like that one is, what's the, do you know what the, what's the ballpark on that one? 
Um, but it's, I think it's less than a VIP tour. I think it's a um, hundred and forty yeah. something for this particular tour. Yeah. And I didn't do a great job explaining it. I just jumped right into it. Uh, the keys to the kingdom tour for the listeners who don't know what this is, is it's, it's kind of a, a behind the scenes tour at Disney. You get to learn facts that you may not have known even from watching great uh, YouTube content. Like, for example, I'm pretty sure this is the tour that takes you down underneath the Magic Kingdom to the Utilidors. Um, The Utilidors are a series of hallways and corridors under the Magic Kingdom, which are technically on the first floor. It's a way for all of the employees to move around. So, uh, and I'm sure people, some people listening know this already, but I'm a teacher by nature. So if you are someone who works in Tomorrowland and you're cutting through and you're going through Frontierland, you don't see someone with a futuristic outfit in that land and it doesn't take you out of that idea. So anyway, it takes you down under there. Uh, I think you get to go on a couple different rides before the park opens and they will kind of give you a tour of the ride as you're going through it. You get a little microphone so you can listen to your tour guide even if you're kind of falling back a little bit. Uh, Nick, it's, anything you want to add? Yeah, it's so I just looked it up. It is a five-hour walking tour and it's $114 per person, which is, I mean, I paid $15, $15 less to do a dessert party and have fireworks viewing. Um one year, so why wouldn't I pay the 114 to do Keys to the Kingdom? So while it's on a bucket list, it, um, you know, and you might think of stuff as, on a bucket list as being like super high end pricing or something like that, I think just think it's something that we need to think about, right? We never even think about booking this kind right. of a tour, um, but man, would it be fun, especially with, with my kids once they're old enough to, to go and, and really appreciate the history. Because that's the other thing, is they point out all the history behind certain things, and, uh, you know, I, it's something I really would love to do. Definitely. So our number four is the Keys to the Kingdom Tour. So, Ear Scouts, Rob, what is your number four? My number four is I thought about the things that I really loved doing since I've been doing the Disney uh, creator stuff. And attending the grand openings of rides have kind of been peak experiences for me. So, Remy, I I was, our very first video was covering opening day for, for Remy. And then I recently got to cover the opening of um, of Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. And I thought, you know, I want to take this up to the next level, though. I don't want to be there for the opening of a ride. I want to be there for the opening of a new Disney park. And, you know, they're... They come online more often than people realize, I think. They're, they're, they're always uh, our new parks in development. So I think it's doable. I think I can definitely make that happen. And I just, I, actually, I think with, with Epic Universe opening here in Orlando, there's probably going to be a lot of pressure put on Disney to start looking at opening another gate here. Uh, so I, I might not even have to go that far to do it. But I think the experience, for me, Whenever I share the experience of going to Disney World with someone for the first time that they haven't been before, and just that magic that, that you see them experiencing when they're just taking in how next level Disney World is, just compared to any other theme park you've been to, to be able to have that experience myself for something that no one's ever seen before, like I just think that's, that's, a, that's a peak experience. The first time I brought my daughter and son, my son was very little, but my daughter to um, Magic Kingdom, 
as we're walking through the tunnel and she turned the corner to see the castle. I had my camera ready because I wanted that look on her face and she turned the corner and had this this look of excitement and her eyes were popping out of her head and I started crying and you know because I had been so many times in my life and it meant so much to me so we have that photo of her face seeing the park for the first time so I know exactly what you mean and it's such an amazing feeling now Nick you've had that more recently I love recently. that story that's great yeah I did have it more recently and I actually got I've been able to share this with my my children obviously so I had so I took a totally different path than Rob to, to Disney fandom. Um, we haven't really gotten into this on a show, but um, I, you know, really had not experienced any park. I, I can't say I didn't completely experience it because in eighth grade we took a trip to Florida um, for a science thing, and we got to do a half day at Epcot. Now, who thought that a half day at Epcot was going to work? But that's what they did for us. Um, so that was my <laughs> only experience prior to me being like. In my late 30s, I got to go uh, for my first time. And so I had that reaction and looked at my kids who were having that same reaction. And my, my wife, who had been before, was watching us. Um, and then a really cool thing, my mom had had a dream of going to Disney like her whole life. And she had never gone. Um, you know, sometimes it was because of, you know, vacations didn't line up. Or, you know, she had four four boys and all the money that goes to... You know, sports and stuff means you're not going to Disney. And so when we were deciding who to take with us this last, uh, not this past trip, but in 2021, um, we took my mother. And so to see my mom's face uh, when she walked in the park, specifically, actually, not even when she walked in the park, she loves Mary Poppins. And she got to meet Mary Poppins in the, she didn't get to like hug her or whatever. It was pandemic stuff, but Mary Poppins was, was in the England Pavilion. And my mother's face, I will never forget. And and I'm not ashamed to say that I cried a little bit, but that was pretty cool. So, I love that. So um, yeah, I feel like that, everybody has those kind of you know either for themselves or for someone that that they've gone to the parks with that experience of just joy. Because until you until you experience it, people think they see pictures, they see videos, they think they know what Disney World is about before they go and they've been to other theme parks it's just it's on a it's on another level it's it really is it's something you kind of have to have that experience so yeah for me having that experience as a as a brand new experience uh, that no one's had before that just seems like a, a, a bucket list thing for me that is so cool that is a really cool bucket list item to be you know covering an opening day of a park that's I definitely can see why you would do that. So our moving on to our number three. You're already living our number three bucket list. <laughs> yep. Uh, our number three bucket <laughs> list is to live in Orlando with an annual pass and be able to go to the parks whenever we, we want. Um, you know, where, where we're at right now, we have to go, you know, we're planning, I'm planning next year's vacation already because uh, I'm DVC member, so I have an uh, 11-month booking window. And, and basically what I'm, finding is I'm in a constant state of planning. And while that's fun, I would like to be in a constant state of going where <laughs> I can go and look online and say, hey, there's a there's a studio available over at the boardwalk for the weekend, um, and it's only going to cost me this many points. 
I could say to my wife, let's go over, let's go over to Boardwalk because um, it turns out that there's a festival this weekend because there's always a festival at Epcot right now, um, and then be able to go in and enjoy the festival. So for me, this is pretty high on my list, and I when I know it's high on Rob's too, but one of the things I said, and this is only fresh in my mind because of the whole uh, mega billions we'll call it, yeah. uh, but I said if we win that, Golden Oaks, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> So. I, I did the exact same thing. I was actually on Zillow the day of the, <laughs> the, 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 the drawing, looking at the Golden Oaks listings. I was like, oh, if only. Yeah, I know. It's not well, I, I, I completely, you're not going to regret that bucket list item. I'm, I, I was very nervous when I did it, and I thought, gosh, is this the craziest thing I've ever done? And I don't regret it one bit. I've had nothing but tons of fun since I, I moved here and yeah I, I you're, you're gonna you're gonna not regret that one one bit awesome I, I it's something we've been looking forward to honestly so well I got about 10 years maybe I'll <laughs> I'll be your neighbor Rob uh, my, my wife and I'll move down and we'll uh, we'll live next door to you I got <laughs> 10 or 11 I don't know it's too long. Yeah. Uh, too long. Re- retirement, uh, it's not too far off, but uh, we're, we're getting close to it. So, um, Ear Scouts, Rob, what is your number three? So, the one thing I don't love about living in Orlando is I, my family is actually, I grew up in Charleston, but my family, like going to grandma's house, was always in the mountains of Virginia, and snow was just such a pivotal part of my childhood and all of my best memories of being with grandma and grandpa and all things were always around snow and so I really miss snow and when I saw a picture of Disneyland Paris covered in snow I was like oh my gosh that's the most magical thing ever I don't I it's gonna be tough to do because you know snow is one of those things you you can't book you can't book a plane ticket to Paris for the weekend it's going to snow, you know? It's going to be tough to, like, you know, make the stars align on that one. But I really want to experience walking into Disneyland Paris, rope dropping first thing in the morning when there's just a fresh blanket of snow on everything. I just think that would be the most magical morning ever. Wow, that's that's a really cool image that I'm getting in my my brain right now that's awesome i've seen photos of it and it's it's funny because i have sort of mixed reactions because you know living in new york it's we we get dumped on sometimes not as much the last couple years i feel like we haven't gotten as much snow but um seeing that is such like a breathtaking image because you you talk to anybody up in the northeast here and you talk snow you know we roll our eyes we go oh yeah snow um, but like, I don't, I love the snow. I don't really I don't mind snow. I, I'll tell you what I, and I don't want to get too deep in the weeds here, but what I really d- don't like is the gray skies all the way through April. I mean, it's gray forever. People talk about that's what it's like in London and that's what it's like in New York sometimes too. But I think that the photos I've seen of the snow in Paris is absolutely amazing. I think that's a fantastic, fantastic one to choose. So great. I like that a lot. So I want to transition a little bit here to to Rob, because, uh, to Dizlis Rob, because yeah. Ear Scouts Rob, you 
you kind of, uh, you might be able to help us out with this next one. Yeah, in a couple ways. In a couple ways, yeah. 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 So go ahead, Rob. Take it away. All right. So uh, number two, um, I may have put a little too much time into, and I think Ear Scouts Rob and Dizless Rob, we have a few things in common. One is that we have the first name, but another one is we do a lot with graphics and web design, which I also do. So what does that have to do with my number two? My number two, our number two, because I think yeah, Nick oh, agrees yeah. with is, me here. The, yeah, we ran high for a reason. Hypothetically, I am now employed by the Walt Disney Company, and they have magically cast a spell to make me the sole person that gets to decide what the fifth gate is. I, I get to create the fifth park, okay? You're going to cover it. You're there. Yeah. You're our main yeah. person covering it. Uh, and so I came up with a couple different options of what this fifth gate could be. Now, people listening, you're not going to get to see the graphics. I made some graphics for these. Maybe we can put them in the show notes or we'll, I'll, we'll, I'll we'll figure out a way. I'll definitely put them up on um, social on media. Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So you'll be able to see these in, in social media. So the first one I came up with for my fifth gate, and I have a logo for each. Those of you who are just listening along, you'll get to see them. So the first of the three that I came up with is a general enough concept that it's, uh, I'm going to be able to hold it up and talk about it first. The first one I'm, I came up with is called Once Upon a Dreamland. It's kind of a general theme where you could fit really any IP in there. Because I was trying to think, if I'm going to come up with a fifth park, what's the theme going to be? We have animals. Like, there's so many themes that I thought of. Like, how about a whole park that's imagination? And you make Figment the mascot for that. Like, that was an idea I had. But then I thought, how about Dreamland? And everything could really fit and become a dream in Dreamland. So it would be kind of a, a catch-all for whatever isn't going in any of the other parks. So that was one. Uh, my second one is that. actually the one that Nick likes the most. And that one is Disney's Underworld, which I have heard this one before this is not my original idea i came up with a logo for it for uh, disney's underworld and disney's underworld is going to be a park that is all based on the villains so ear scouts rob have you heard this concept before about a villains park no but i i, I love that concept i think that's that would be really fun i've seen it here and there online about people saying oh if they were to create another fifth gate it would be be the underworld but and that one was Nick's favorite. My favorite one that I I like now. I I'm the art teacher. Uh, Nick's the math teacher. I'm the art teacher. And my final one is kind of a play on something that already sort of exists in in the Disney world. It's going to be Disney's Spectrum Magic. So by Spectrum, what I mean is color. So the logo has a rainbow on it. And the entire park is going to be sectioned off by color. So as you walk in, you go to the left, it's going to be everything in that specific world is going to be red. So different IPs that are red, they all go into that area. Then you walk in and you go from red to orange, orange to yellow, yellow to green, and so on and so on all the way around. And you have different Disney IP or maybe some original. I love it when Disney does an original IP for a park and it's spread out into a rainbow inside of the park. I love all of those ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you have to cover it. Um, unfortunately, 
you know, he has the spectrum of magic uh, with the colors. He turned down my request to do a math-based one. Um, I thought we could do dumb. If you recall, I remember watching it in elementary school, and I used to show it to my kids all the time when we had like a 10 or 15 extra minutes, Donald Duck in Math Magic Land. If you've never seen the short, look it up. I'm sure it's somewhere. Wait, is that real? It's real. It's Math Donald. Magic Land? Yeah, he explains yeah. The, the, he explains the math it. behind yeah. it. Yeah, he explains the math behind string instruments. He explains the math behind pool, like playing billiards. What? It's, yeah, it's a really great short. You is it on? Is this. it on Disney Plus? It feels like I it should be on Disney Plus, right? It, yeah, I would hope so. I mean, they've got some really random stuff on there, but it's but it's a great short, and it's you know probably 10, 15 minutes. I think it's it's great. So I I think we should do a Donald Duck and Math Magic Land. I think I'm gonna have to make a logo for that too. <laughs> oh man! So how about your Number two, what, do you, what what's your number two? Sure. Well, I'm gonna say that I'm gonna I'm gonna add in. I have thought about what I would want if there was gonna be another gate in Orlando. Oh, I would yeah, love for it to be. Go for it. And I, I would love I would love for it to be kind of themed loosely around the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, but oh, but good just one. in a really loose way that the idea is each land is a different kind of adventure. And if you wanted to pop IP in there, you know, Indiana Jones is an obvious, like that feels like that could have its own land. Um, but I, I'm with you, I would prefer if it weren't all IP based, that I, I miss the old Disney of creating something that was completely new. There's something to be said for I think when you when you take something like if you take a book and you turn it into a movie, every now and then the movie is amazing, but usually the first thing that came is the best, right? And so I I feel like the best rides are the ones that from the beginning are just meant to be that, They're meant to be an experience. So I I hope that Disney does go back to more of that as well. But yeah, I would love to see an, a land of explore exploration and adventure. I think that's a great idea it really is and and I think your point earlier about with um, with epic universe going in Disney's gonna have to do something um, there's no yeah. way that they can compete uh, with some of the bad press they're getting right now and then not having a, another gate when when the you know the stuff the rollout of genie plus wasn't good um, individual lightning lanes I think aren't working as well as they thought which is why I think that you did you saw the announcement earlier this week where they're not going to end up bringing those other individual lightning lane selections back. Yeah. Um, so Thank I think goodness. that. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, make me pay more money for something. Uh, I. I mean, I let's let's think... talk about the fact just for a second. This is a yeah. tangent, I know, but no, you're fine. Disney, their official plan that they were telling people this was what was going to happen was that Epcot, Epcot was going to have three individual lightning lane attractions the park with arguably the fewest attractions right like to offer on genie plus yeah. was going to yeah. have three they were going to have remy and frozen and uh, uh so really guardians. the only reason you get genie plus and that yeah and guardians the only reason you get genie plus would be for test track you're going to buy genie plus just to ride test track because everything else you don't really need it i don't know from the beginning, as soon as they put that out, I was like, "This is there is no way they're gonna they're gonna pull this back because it just I mean my part of my job in a sense is to convince people that it is worth it to use 
Genie Plus because I, I believe it is, especially for me, as someone who lives here, maybe it's not worth it. But if you're coming and you have a limited amount of time in the park and you're not gonna be able to come all the time, I think, you know, it, it but it, because they've done such a bad job of the rollout and there are so many kind of issues that you have to work through, I mean, I made a whole video that's like an hour long that, that explains all the ins and outs of this because it is that complicated. And so the fact that they were gonna add on top of that, all that complicated mess that you couldn't even use it on you know, most of the rides just seemed crazy to me. So I'm glad they backed off of that. But well, I'll tell you this, you altered our entire trip in the best way. Oh, absolutely. When we started watching your videos and Nick and I had a conversation about, okay, so we're going to, we're going to stack and we're going to do this. And we, we had this whole plan of what we were going to do when we went to Disney. We started watching the Ear Scouts videos and we completely Jeez. bought into yeah. playing the Disney slots. So if you don't mind, uh, Ear Scouts, Rob, do you mind explaining what your um, playing the Disney slots is for the people listening if they haven't seen your video yet? Sure. Yeah. So I, for me, I think this is the key to really enjoying Genie Plus and not kind of thinking of it in a negative way. If you think of Genie Plus as a tool that you're going to use to just book the rides that you want to ride, you are going to hate GD Plus yeah, because yeah. it's terrible at that. It is very difficult to book what you want when you want it. And so I think that was initially why so many people have such a negative, and, and Disney's answer to that, instead of making it simpler, explaining how to do it, they just said, oh, you should only expect to ride two to three rides per day with Genie Plus. That was, that was how they you know, responded. My response to that is you just have to think of it differently. You can't think of it as a tool you have to think of it as a game, like a slot machine game that you have on your phone. And every time you refresh the list of rides that you can book with Genie Plus, you get you know, mostly all new times because what happens is throughout the park, there's just thousands of people who are choosing, I don't wanna do that anymore, I wanna go eat at this restaurant or I wanna go ride this other ride instead. So as they cancel those Lightning Lane reservations, they just come back into available to be booked again. And so every time you refresh, it's essentially like, it's like playing a slot machine and it really does work. You know, people think, you know, oh, Absolutely. it's just because you're one person. It, it works no matter how large your party is because it's not, you know, the old FastPass system was based on how big your party was. If you had a large party, it was more difficult. With Genie, it's not that way. Anybody can play the Genie slots, you know, even if you have a party of 12 and you will see, you can always get much better return times than what you initially see in that list by just patiently refreshing and and playing the slots. So. And I think you go into depth in about that specifically in your ep most recent Epcot video. I remember seeing that, how you explained that it wasn't about how big your party is, and I think you said 12 was the limit. So if you're going with a big Correct. group, you still have that opportunity. So listeners, if you haven't watched that video yet, I think it's your your how to use Genie Plus and Epcot. It's, I don't know, specifically the title, but it was great, and I learned a ton from that video specifically. And I loved any it. Of the, any of the Genie Plus episodes, I believe, uh, are a must-watch at this point. Definitely. Um, and you, when I say any of them, I mean any of Ear Scouts Robs, because that, to me, uh, that is that changed everything for us and made it so much more enjoyable. We would have been miserable had we been like, well, we're going to use it to ride this and this. 
it would never would have happened. But instead, we do we have to walk a little bit more? Yeah. Sure. And you know, ideally, yeah. would we not have had to walk as much when you know my my youngest is uh, seven? So walking that much could be a bit much. But you know, she didn't complain. She no. really didn't. And there were times we said, "I don't want to ride that," so we just didn't do it. But but when you think of it, when you change your mindset, that's that, it. It's the mindset. And it's, it's going from planning I mean, to fun. Right. I I, I yeah. love that mindset, and it, yeah. it changed everything for us. So anyway, well done. Thank you guys so much. You're, <laughs> you're too sweet. You're too kind. But uh, I think I was I was supposed to be giving you my number my number two right. And oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Long yeah, yeah, it's, All right, let's go there now. Up. That was a good one. So, uh, my number two is kind of a, 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 a an extension of the things we've been talking about. Um, I I really ultimately want to visit every single Disney park in the world. I don't know if that was going to be on your on your list, but. That one's a long-term goal because there are, there are a lot of them at this point. But obviously Paris, I wanted to see it in the snow, so that's one. Uh, I've heard that Tokyo Disney is just mind-blowingly good. Um, so yeah, to experience, to have, to have that experience of, of seeing new parks uh, around the world is, is my number two. Well, um, it's a pretty good transition. Because sometimes on the show... <laughs> sometimes on the show, we match up. Um, and so, while it's not our number two, that is actually our number one. So, so we we'll will, discuss that we'll together. We'll discuss that together, yeah. I, okay. when, that, when Disney announced that, basically what I'm calling the bucket list trip, um, that ridiculously expensive 24-day mm-hmm. thing, yes, that'd be great and be awesome to do if I had that kind of money. But it kind of un- unlocked this idea in my mind of, like, you could do that. You could piece that together yourself, not in a year or not in a, not in a, in a way to do it, um, you know, all in one shot. But, wow, what a, what a way to really understand Disney around the world and how Disney is different to different cultures and what they mean, what it means to different cultures. And I've heard the same things about the Disneyland Paris and of course, Tokyo, I've heard really amazing things about. So it was way up on our list from the beginning. We both said it from the start. Yeah, definitely. There's, so there's 12 parks, I think. There are two in California. There are four in Florida. There are two in France, and then there's Hong Kong, Shanghai, and then two in Tokyo. Did, did I get that right? Yeah, I think so. I'm reading yeah. it off something, yeah. so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not pretending that I had it memorized. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean, I I don't Dizless Rob. What would be the one that you'd want to go do the most? Tokyo. Yeah, so my whole life, that's I've had sort of this, I've talked to Nick about this a lot, but had this bucket list of these things I wanted to do, and Tokyo was always on it. And um, yeah, I'm trying to make California happen. I'm trying to get out to Disneyland and California Adventure soon. Have you been out there before at your scouts, Rob? I've been to Disneyland. I've actually, every time I've ever gone, I've only ever had one day, and I've always just wanted to do Disneyland, so I've never done California Adventure but we're going to go out for D23. Uh, it's my big vacation trip this year. We're going to go for a full week. We're staying at Paradise Pier. And Great. we're going to awesome. do both both of the parks and the expo. Um, I'm super excited about that. I think this is a big announcement right now, Rob. Are you going to, you're going to be doing... Uh, <laughs> this is big. You're going to be doing D23 content for us? We, we are. We're going, to, we're going to go to D23. I don't think... 
we're not the kind of channel that we like do like breaking news or anything. We we <laughs> I I kind of like to to edit everything down and kind of make it more entertaining. Uh, so I won't be doing any sort of breaking content from D23, but I'll definitely be trying to sort of give you the experience as my goal of what it's like to be at a D23. And if I if I encounter any tips along the way, things, I'm probably gonna encounter them because things are gonna go wrong, but I could don't do what I did. Uh, but I, I'm, I've already been reading and researching and it is, have you guys ever, you've ever looked into D23 before? Have you ever done it before? Or? Well, no, I've never done it. I have looked into D23 um, as far as membership and I was like, you know, I, I don't know if I, it's something for me right now. Uh, but what I hate is that the content that comes out of it is exactly what you just said um, you don't want to do, which is kind of the breaking, okay, well, they're, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. I want to know what the experience is like. What yeah, is it like agreed. to be at the expo? Like, I, as a Disney fan, that's that's like a mecca, right? So, yeah, that's that's going to be awesome for you. That's We're looking forward to seeing that content. Closest experience I've had yeah. is uh, one summer I worked at the San Diego Comic-Con, um, went down and a um, friend of mine worked there and he got me a job uh, kind of as, as like a management position. It was a lot of fun and I got to experience that whole thing. So I can only imagine that it's that times 50 because it's, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Comic-Con was great. It's mostly focused on DC uh, at the time. Got to see a lot of, you know, famous celebrities. But D23 for us, you know, obviously we're Disney, Disney fans, yeah. of course. But uh, before we move on, and it is our number one, too, I would like to know um, if for Nick and then after Nick, I want to know Ear Scouts, Rob. So my the one I would want to go more than any others to the two Tokyo parks. So, Nick, which would be the one you would want to yeah, go hand, to the most? Hands down, Paris. Um, I have a lot of French heritage and um, my if you trace my lineage back through like uh, I think it was 1600. Um, my family came from Paris, and so I would love to visit Paris in general anyway, but Disneyland Paris also is just, a, from everything I've seen, it's just such a beautiful park. So Disneyland Paris would be my number one that I would want to visit out of them. How about you, your scouts, Rob? Man, it's, it's actually, it's, it's between those two, and, and the reason is because both of those parks had the luxury, they were kind of almost made with a blank check in a way. So <laughs> yeah. when Eisner made Paris, he was like, we're gonna, we're not gonna, we're, we're gonna spare no expense. This is gonna be the end all be all. And I mean, you think of how much they already spend on Disney World and Disneyland, the idea that they were gonna try to one up that. So I've never seen it and I really want to experience that kind of level of, of you know, uh, ambition that they had for that park. I'm really excited to experience that. And similarly, in Tokyo, same deal. It was because you know Tokyo is not actually owned by Disney. It's not a Disney. Right. It's not a Disney-owned park. It right. was investors or some sort of investment group that just said, "We want you know whatever it costs. It doesn't matter. You know, you, we want the ultimate park and just build it for us." And so, Disney's Imagineers had that freedom to not. I mean, of course, I'm sure there were some limits, but still, like to to really be able to work in that more unbridled way where they could think bigger and so both of those parks i'm really excited to experience what the imagineers came up with you know with that extra you know bit of, of breathing room to, to make it 
Yeah, the investment, I think. I didn't pick one. I realized I didn't pick one. But no, no, you're both. good. Both. I don't know. I, I guess if I, I guess I would pick Tokyo just because they're, they're, I feel like there's, it's a bigger park. There's more to experience, I think, in Tokyo. I could be wrong, but I think there's more there. So I guess I'll pick Tokyo. But I said earlier to Nick, one of the reasons I, I wanted to try to go to Tokyo Disneyland is because for me, I, I don't speak the language at all and for the majority of these other parks too um i don't speak the language so it's almost like a safety net you know if if you were to go overseas and you were to stay there you could stay at one of their hotels and it just seems a little bit more comfortable if you have that disney magic and if you want to venture out i I said earlier to nick it's like the scared rabbit is venturing out into tokyo which can be overwhelming especially if you don't know the language so for me i it's it's nice to have that uh, Disney uh, safety blanket there. So Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of joined together there, our number one and your number two, which leads us to our grand finale. And our grand finale is Ear Scouts Rob, number one bucket list at Disney. What do you have for us? Uh, so my number one, this is truly, I think, when I was thinking of what it means to have a bucket list item, it's like, what do you want to do before you kick the bucket? <laughs> I am really hoping that I am able to be at the 100th anniversary of Walt Disney World. I was there for the 50th, uh, but I have to not kick the bucket <laughs> between now and then. So, yeah, I would be I would be in my 90s, but you know, life expectancy's going up. Maybe maybe it's maybe that's that's going to be in the cards. So, my number one bucket list item is to be. Uh, like I was for the 50th, to be in Magic Kingdom experiencing the 100th anniversary. That is fantastic. That is a very good one. What a great one. Yeah, maybe they won't mess this one up. (laughs) (laughs) They'll they'll do a little bit more with Mr. Toad or something. I may be the little bit of the critical one here, but, um, you know, maybe they'll have a good fireworks show this time. Um, Whatever. I think you just gave spoilers for our, uh, our never mind, our, yeah. our bottom five of something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that. You know, I think that in a non-pandemic world, Disney does celebrations right. You know, and, and yeah. people people who hate on them, and, and I know I just was hating on it, um, probably need to step back and think about what the situation is at the moment um, or was when, the, when, you know, October 1st rolled around. And I don't slight them at all. I just, I just wish we had gotten what we were supposed to get. Um, instead, we got fifteen fifteen dollars a day for Genie Plus and uh, a fireworks show that uh, honestly is mediocre in Magic Kingdom. I, I love the Euro, uh, the Epcot ones. Oh but my that's, gosh, that's, it's fantastic! But, you know, I, everybody's got their own opinion, but yeah, um, yeah I, I think that's that would be an. That's a heck of a bucket list item right there. That's great. I would also be in my, we, we would all be in our 90s. If yep. it happens, if we can pull it off, we have to do a trip report podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of the one Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, uh, my goodness. Okay. So, um, we really enjoyed having you here today, obviously. And before we close out, what we'd like to do is invite you to kind of share your social media stuff and share any projects that you might have coming up that you're really excited about so that our listeners can find you um, because we are big fans and we we know that our listeners will be big fans as well 
Well, thank you guys so much. Yeah, I, I, it's pretty easy. We're ear scouts at everything. So we're Twitter. I don't really do Twitter that much, so that one's kind of small. But we do mainly, YouTube is the big one. I mean, we, we put, it takes so much energy to create the, the sort of longer full-length videos that we do that it kind of gets the lion's share of our attention. So I would say YouTube is the big one. But we also do Instagram. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on TikTok. Uh, we do kind of all the, the bigger ones, and they're all at Ear Scouts. And then in terms of, I guess, the big projects I have coming up, I the one I'm kind of most excited about is obviously going to be doing stuff from, from D23, just because that's going to be a huge experience for me as a person, not just for creating the content. But the other one that I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say I'm excited about is I've been playing the Boo to You Halloween uh, parade music. Eric Eric is like ready to, to strangle me. He's like, no more Boo to You. We're done listening to that. Because I'm getting ready for the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party. We're going to be covering that on the first night of it. So I'm super excited for that. I went last year to Boo Bash. And I was, I was so did at, Nick. Yeah, I was at, the first, I was at opening night. Okay, yeah, so we, we, we were probably there at the exact same time. I, I didn't love Boo Bash. I just felt like for, for it, it, it wasn't, you know, uh, this is just when I looked at how, number one, how long this thing lasts. I mean, from 6 yeah. p.m. Yeah. until, you know, is it six hours long? I just, it feels like a true experience whereas boobash felt kind of like i don't know it almost felt like extended evening hours you know it felt like i can't argue with like that. A, like yeah. a hotel perk <laughs> um and and i feel like and there were so many like they didn't have the full i didn't they didn't do a special fireworks show did they no they they lit the castle differently there's some projections during the show i will say that that i felt that it, it suffered from length of time so another hour and I would have been able to do everything because, like, I wanted to do, like, the magic shots. And I wanted to watch. But I also wanted to watch the cavalcades. And I also wanted to ride rides. And I also wanted to have food. And you couldn't do it all. You just couldn't. So uh, I guess maybe that was planned so that people, you know, return visitors. I don't know how many people were dropping that kind of money uh, to go back multiple times. But but I would love to do a Mickey's Not So Scary. So that's cool. That I'll be looking forward to that content for sure. A quick question about that. I, I wondered this, and I, I don't think I asked this before nick can people over the age i think it's 16 wear costumes because i know there's an age limit for costumes in the park how does that work so i i mean they say no but basically no masks um is what it comes down to there are plenty of people wearing that were in costume last year uh, i'm sure you saw some people here scott throb correct yeah when i when i bought the, the the ticket they send you a thing and you are allowed adults are allowed to wear costumes um i think you're probably right there's probably no like complete face covering i guess mm -hmm. is just probably a safety thing i don't know but right. there was you are allowed to wear costumes and there were some limitations but they were they were not like they normally are for the park so um i'm planning to planning to go full costume when i go so good awesome. looking forward to that too yeah, we are so uh before we we close out here we just want to say you know thank you so much for being on we we truly appreciate having you on as a guest we uh, honestly look up to your content and think hopefully one day we can uh, make the same quality content that that you're making right now definitely um, we we truly appreciate you uh, coming on here and being a guest with us 
you're too kind. Uh, you guys make amazing content. I, I love what you're doing with this podcast, and it's an honor to be asked to be here. So thank you. Well, thank awesome. you so much. Thanks, Rob. All right. And it's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow, and tomorrow is just a list away. Uh, thank you guys so much for, for watching, or in this case, listening. And don't forget to think happy thoughts, everybody. We'll see you real soon.